0: Um I'm just curious is Among the Sleep is it like first person? Yeah yeah
1: it's a it's first person baby. Good. good. That's <laughs> first person. That's baby. how a
0: horror games should be. of Hidden Doors and High Scores, a podcast where four dudes talk about games, but this week there's only three dudes talking about games. Yeah, this week John's having some technical difficulties, so it's just going to be the three of us. I'm Austin.
1: I'm Garrett. And I'm Chris. Um, This week we're doing something a little bit different here on Hidden Doors and High Scores. We are doing a backlog bonanza. Decided to go deep into the archives, the libraries of games we hadn't played before, and uh, do a little spring cleaning. So we're all going to be talking about a different game instead of us all talking about the same game. Without any further ado, Austin, you want to start us off?
0: Sure. I had a lot of things in my backlog, but high, high on the list was Red Dead Redemption 2. I thought it was a sequel to Red Dead Redemption. Turns out it's a prequel to Red Dead Redemption. Play this guy named Arthur Morgan, you're a member of Dutch Vanderlyn's gang, and John Marston, who's the protagonist of Red Dead Redemption 1, is also there with you. So, some things I really liked about this game the graphics are gorgeous, especially for a game that came out four years ago. This game still looks fantastic. The map is fully realized, so anything you can see, you can go there. If you see some mountains, you can go there. If you see a big lake off in the distance, you can go swim in it. The game has a cinematic camera that you can just turn on anytime. And it's such a cool feature. There's so many of these missions where you're just sort of riding with somebody into town or you're riding up in the mountains together to go save your comrade. And you can just turn on this cinematic camera and it like pans away and it puts like the the cut screen bars on the screen and it'll just follow you as you're going through this thing and it just looks amazing it makes the whole game feel way more dramatic and it adds some interesting visuals to a part that otherwise might get kind of boring just riding your horse in a straight line so i loved that part of the game Honestly, characters and plot wise, I wasn't super sucked in by this game. I think it was pretty damn well written for an open world game. There's a lot of characters in the gang and they all have punchy dialogue where they make fun of each other and they get into fights and they get drunk and do stupid stuff. And that was all cool. And, And throughout the game, you do get a kind of a feel for like the gang and their relationships and their problems with each other and things change as you go on and people get sort of disenchanted with the outlaw life because you apparently did a job in Blackwater. Some job went South there and you basically ride what feels like 200 yards away up into the mountains (laughs) and, uh, you know, try to lay low there for a while. And then you, when the snows start to come down, you go out of the mountains and you do a train robbery. And of course the train robbery goes South and then you have to move a hundred yards Further down the road to lie low again, and then the train baron finds you, and you have a big shootout in the town, and then you move a hundred yards down the road further to lie low again. <laughs>
2: Your complaint, though, about riding through nothingness is boring. Could you imagine if it was realistic and riding miles away? I'm so (laughs) glad that it's not that.
0: (laughs) It was was just kind of funny to me that, like, actually your camp, when you move to a new camp, you're like, I can still fucking see the old camp. Like, are we really lying (laughs) low here? Like, it doesn't feel like we've left far enough out of the town where we killed 80
1: people an hour ago. (laughs) I did think it was funny watching you stream this that like, you went and, like, killed a bunch of bandits in a camp or something and then walked, you know, 50 feet down a hill so that the police wouldn't find you or something. And then it was right. just cool to go back and loot all the bodies after, like, <laughs> a minute or something. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's funny because I mean, it is just like Grand Theft Auto, right? Where you, do, you can do all kinds of heinous crimes and basically if you just escape police detection for all of 45 seconds... The sirens go away, and then you can just go right about your life again. And it's the exact same in this game. I mean, this is Grand Theft Auto on a horse. The missions are fine. You go somewhere and steal something, and then you get in a shootout. Or you go to burn somebody's tobacco fields, and, and you get in a shootout. All the missions are pretty similar. They're not that hard. Deadeye that slows the world down, plus instant use of consumables, plus checkpoint system. Like, even if you die, you'll respawn 30 seconds before and you'll just get to keep playing. So not a lot about this captured me to its credit. Like when you are riding from one mission to another, there's cool stuff. The world feels alive. It feels lived in. It feels like there are people going about their daily lives and there's bandits robbing people and there's lawmen out collecting bounties. There's a lady whose horse just threw her off and she broke her leg and you can help her or you can rob her. And there's, you know, a robbery happening of the Wells Fargo wagon and you can stop the robbery or you can help them, whatever. There's lots of stuff you can do in this game and there's poker to play and you can go to the bar and get drunk and you can hunt animals and skin them and learn to cook game meat better. A million things to do in this game. I'll sort of cut to the chase of of how I feel about it. At the end of the day, I think that's an amazingly well-designed game. It's not the game for me. This game feels like a Lego set to me. It's an amazing set of building blocks, and you can make so many amazing stories for yourself, and you can have fun with them, but you have to build your own fun. I don't particularly think that the story missions and, like, the main... Gameplay mechanics are very interesting or engaging. Look, Legos are popular. I get it. People like to make their own sets and make their own adventures. It's great if that's your thing. I wasn't there for it. I want the game to tell me some amazing story. I'm not a professional storyteller. I want you to do it for me. Or I want the gameplay to be so good that I don't give a shit about the story.
2: I have a bit to say. I love the story and I would watch a movie based on the story of Red Dead Redemption and if they didn't change anything about it at all, I I loved it. I get the side quests were a little weak, and I think a reason a lot of a lot of people loved it so much is it ends so well.
0: Yeah, and I will
2: admit I did not get to the end. And so, you know, that says something. Yeah, and if it didn't
0: engage you, yeah, and and again, I don't think it's a bad game, but I I didn't love it. But if you love open world games, I think you'd love it.
1: It's interesting to me that you say you don't particularly like open world games because of how you played Elden Ring. And you just like (laughs) went through every little nook and crank, like literally everyone I talked to or, or of everyone I watched, like you explored that world more than literally anyone I saw. Like, why is, what was the difference between this and that? Cause it seems like the world is just as, stupidly large as elden ring it takes as long to traverse and stuff like yeah yeah what's the difference? totally agree
0: but here's what elden ring has elden ring has a primary gameplay loop that is fucking phenomenal fighting bad guys in elden ring is a constant challenge and it is always interesting it's always engaging because if you fuck up you'll die every enemy is a challenge whereas in red dead it's the opposite I felt like I could go anywhere and do anything. And it's like, some bandits are like, we're here to rob you. And I'm like, Deadeye, boom, boom, boom. Four headshots, you're all dead. Encounter over instantly. Whereas Elden Ring, it's like, yeah, I absolutely went in every nook and cranny because I want to go in that dungeon. I want to see what cool items there, but way more than that, I just like to challenge myself. So like, that's what Elden Ring has that this game doesn't. I can explore an Elden Ring forever because everywhere I go, the joy of the game is there.
1: Yeah, the primary game loop exists literally everywhere, whereas it
2: doesn't in this. Uh, And while this game might not be a game for you, I think one of the great things about this game is it isn't as difficult. Like, this is way more accessible to a lot more people. And people who aren't super into doing a Dark Souls game and beating themselves over the head with a hammer would enjoy this game.
0: (laughs) It is still $60 on Steam. And for a what? game that came out four years ago, I'm like, <laughs> come on, guys. This should come down to 40 that's, uh That's all I got to say about Red Dead. I, I feel like I should cede uh, the floor for now and we can bounce back.
2: Yeah, I'll do mine. Uh, I played a game called Slay the Spire. Oh, uh, Slay so the Spire. It's a great game. It's uh, basically a deck drafting game where you're kind of building your deck as you go and fighting enemies with your deck. It's not it's not like one-on-one fights with enemies. It's more like you're attacking characters with your deck. I would say the closest this game is like if you've ever played dungeon run on Hearthstone. It's very much like that and I love dungeon run. So I fucking love this game. Get four characters, but they all feel very different and it's kind of like a roguelike Every time you play through the game, you unlock more cards for each deck. The the base game is you you go through three levels of the Spire and fight three bosses at the end of each one. It's going to be different every single time you play it. And that's what's so great about the game. And then once you beat it with the three main characters, you unlock uh, a new mode where you can get keys and eventually beat the third boss again. And then you have to fight the heart. And the heart, I haven't beat that yet. Austin has beat that it's hard it's not easy you have to have a damn near perfect deck
0: <laughs> Slay the Spire of all the roguelites I've ever played Slay the Spire is by far the most addictive like as soon as you finish around I'm like run it again yep Uh, Play another run, play another run, play another run. And suddenly you look over and it's 3.30 in the morning.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you start to see cards in decks and you start building potentials in your head. And you're like, if I just got that and that, okay, I'm going to run it again because I didn't get this. But if I start with that, oh my God. And then it's just tons of like theory crafting while playing. If you're at all a fan of that, this game is perfect for you. It is so much fun. yeah we didn't really talk about the map so leading up to the boss you can go down different paths some of them are question marks so it could curse you with a bad card or give you really good stuff or you fight normal enemies or you fight elite enemies which give you better items like so you get these relics which are insane cards that boost your deck over the whole entirety of your run each time i try to slay the spire it, it just feels completely different Completely different. And it's and it's so much fun, so engaging. And yeah, like Austin was saying, it's one of those you can't put down. You just want to run another run as soon as you finish. So currently, uh, it's twenty four ninety nine. I think it's 100% worth it if you're into deck builders at all. Yeah, so I would look for a sale on this. I don't think you should spend full price because you don't need to. But if it looks interesting, it is well worth it. It is a very fun game that I'm definitely going to put a lot more hours into.
1: Uh, Chris, the game I played for our backlog Bonanza was A Plague Tale: Innocence. It's a game that came out in May of 2019, developed by a French studio called Asobo, who are most well known for adapting like Pixar movies into video games. So they've done like Ratatouille and Wall-E and Toy Story 3 and some other ones. They have some original games here and there, but this is actually their first original game since 2009. So they went 10 years in between developing original games and they almost nailed it, I guess is what I'll say about this game. A Plague Tale is set in 14th century France during the Hundred Years' War and the French Inquisition.
0: My favorite setting for a video game. (laughs) Yeah, right.
1: (laughs) I guess it's both an action adventure and a stealth game because there are elements of both of those things in it. There are there are elements of puzzle solving that are stealth based and then there are there's some little combat which is very very bad and then some Assassin's Creed style like running and traversing obstacle like sequences that are slightly better the stealth elements of this game are where it really shines as far as like the gameplay goes There, there's like some puzzle solving a little bit where you have to like There'd be, like, huge swarms of rats around a floor, and you have to, like, light a torch because the rats are afraid of light. And you have to, like, figure out ways to, you know, knock torches down or make fire go onto a place where a torch would be or whatever to, like, go through a room these by pools of light. Those are okay. They're not very interesting. They're very, very simple. You don't have to think that hard. There's literally a mechanic in the game, whenever you come to a puzzle-solving part, where there's a button you can press that se- just pops up on the screen and it says look and the camera will shift and like show you what you're supposed to- exactly what you're supposed to be interacting with. So they do make it very easy on you. What
2: kind of stealth game is it like? How does the stealth feel?
1: The story is that you you're playing this like teenage girl and her younger brother is like very sick and you don't know what kind of sickness this is. And you sort of, learn bits about it throughout the story what happens is your like chateau or whatever gets invaded by the inquisition and you have to like run away from them because you have no ability to fight them like your your only combat in this game is like with a sling and it's pretty janky although it does one shot kill literally every enemy in the game and, like, the game really, like, forces you to do the stealth thing, because, like, there's no health in the game. Like, if you get hit once, it just does a cinematic where you die and go back to the last check mark. So you have to do a lot of sneaking around, like, you have to sneak out of the chateau after they've come and killed all the servants and your whole family and shit. You get captured at one point. You get busted out by some other teenage friends that you meet, and you have to sneak, like, through the camp to get out of it. And you have to sneak into the city to stop the bad guy at the end of the game or whatever. So that's mostly where the stealth comes from. I thought those were bits were good, not great. Where this game really shines, and the thing that kept me coming back to it was the story. The story in this game is in-fucking-credible. It is so gripping and so entertaining and the characters are so well written and their relationships are so interesting and the way they change is so interesting and every single character that is named in the story has a good arc where they like go from good to great or bad to worse everything about the story in the game is amazing. And there were so many times when I wanted to put this down because the gameplay honestly is is mediocre at best and outright garbage at times. And I just, I just kept being like, but I have to know what happens next. About three quarters of the way into the game, there is a twist that just, I was like, I was gonna put the game down for the night because it was like 1 a.m. And then I was like, nope, I have to finish it now. I have to finish the game now. I have to play the last five chapters or whatever it is, because I have to know what happens. And I stayed up until 4am playing it just so that I knew what the story was. <laughs> the The gameplay is god awful. It tries to make you not do combat at all. It tries to really discourage it, except in like, certain instances where it like teaches you how to do it. And the very last level, the final boss fight is like, only combat, no stealth stuff. No, like, none of your crafting shit matters. Like, it's just like, it's it's a boss fight. And the difficulty curve is unbelievable. It's like, it just goes from nothing to the most difficult fight you could possibly think of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was wondering how you felt about that final boss fight. It was garbage. I had to do it. I, I spent a good half hour trying to beat that boss just over and over. And it's it's not like it's mechanically it is difficult it just they don't do anything to explain like the gimmick and like there's this thing where it i don't want to spoil it but it has to do with like the rats that are carrying the plague and for the vast majority of the game you can like skirt the edges of places where rats are and they'll like kind of swarm you a little bit but if you get off them quickly enough you'll be fine in the final boss fight if you come within 10 feet of the bad rats, you just die instantly. Just, it's just, boom, and they just swarm <laughs> <laughs> They just swarm you, and it just completely changes how the game has worked for its entirety in right, the last boss which is boss just fight. frustrating and bad, just badly designed. You're like, no, you don't change how the base mechanics of the game work. Like, and again, no. when the game has been discouraging use of combat for literally its entirety, and then goes, yeah. well, you, the only thing you can do now is... He was just sprint button and use your sling to kill this guy. Like it it makes it hard for me to recommend the game at it's, I just checked it's on Epic for $40. No way. No way. Is it worth that? I, I got it for free on Epic. I don't know, a year ago, probably. And just thought, Hey, maybe I'll play this one day. And I'm glad I did honestly, because let me reiterate, the story is unfucking believable it's so good. It is, in fact, so good that in March of 2022, a French production company announced that they bought the rights and they're going to turn it into a TV show. They're going to oh, adapt it wow. into a TV show. There is a sequel that's been announced for the game as well. It's going to be called Requiem, Plague Tale Requiem. That game is done, presumably, most of its development and will be coming out. And I'll play that for sure, because, again, the story. Highly recommend picking it up for the story if it's on sale. But yeah, no more than $20 should you pay for A Plague Tale. Um, Any other games we want to do an honorable mention? Yes, I want to shout out.
0: Not really a backlog because this game came out like six weeks ago. Um, (laughs) But I played a excellent puzzle game called The Last Cube.
1: Oh yeah, I watched you play that. That looks so cool. Yeah, really, really
0: well-designed puzzle game. Pretty funny writing, kind of Portal-esque writing about the sort of ridiculous world that you're dealing with. But the, uh, the concept of this game is you are a cube. You can sort of roll on your side. That's really all you can do, except that sometimes there are these stickers on the ground. And if you slam your face into the sticker and then roll off of it... If you put that sticker on the top part of your cube, then you can press a button and it gives your cube some special ability. There are six different abilities in the game, and each one gives you totally new powers and ways to navigate the world and solve puzzles. And the difficulty curve in this game is really nice. The first puzzles are very simple and just slowly, the complexity and the nuance, and how many different stickers you have to use to navigate a puzzle, slowly builds up. And they really nail it. Like the main storyline probably take you twelve hours ish to beat. It's moderately difficult. I don't know. It's not like the Talos Principle difficult. It's probably a little easier than that. It'll give you a challenge, but it's not. You're not going to give up in frustration. There are six bonus levels, and several hidden collectibles to find. And those are, kind of like the stars and in talents Principle, a significantly tougher challenge. And so if you want to challenge yourself, you can, but you don't have to do those to beat the main game. Look, all in all, it's a mechanic I'd never seen before in a puzzle game. The music is good, the level design is gorgeous, and they just nailed all the puzzles. Nothing is fiddly- Nothing feels like you're barely making an angle. Like everything is very precise and controlled. And when you figure it out, you're like, yes, that's the answer. So bravo. This is a very small team who put this together. And I think they did a really great job. It's 20 bucks on the Steam store. If you like puzzle games, if you liked Portal, if you like the Talos Principle, I think it's worth 20 bucks, quite frankly. It's a really, really good puzzle game.
1: I played a game, another game called Among the Sleep, and it was kind of interesting. It's a horror puzzle game. You play a baby, like a toddler, and you crawl around and you have a very creepy teddy bear companion. Basically, he's the voice, the narrator of the story. But like when you're introduced to him, it's very creepy. This whole game is creepy, 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 creepy. They absolutely nailed the atmosphere It's really weird. You go through these weird worlds and maybe alternate universes or something, trying to find like memories for your mom who's sad for some reason. I wasn't really clear on that. And there's this like truly scary bad guy creature that like follows you around, so you can't take too long solving the puzzles or traversing the level because if they Like, they'll just catch you, and then you have to restart at the checkpoint. There are moments in the game. There's one particular in the first level where you're, like, traversing through the house that you're in, where you have to open a door. And the way you open doors is because you can't reach door handles. You have to climb on something. But they do this one where the only thing in this entire hallway is a bench underneath a window that you have to crawl onto the bench, and so you're looking out the window, and it is just face in the window right in front of you and just like it's such a good jump scare there are truly frightening moments in it so like there's the you know there's like the eldritch monster that is like chasing you is legitimately frightening aesthetically like and so and the way it works is like if it gets close to you or if you see it the screen starts going fuzzy like shaking in and out really quickly and you have to run away and hide from it the sound design and the the level design they just nailed though like the creepy horror factor the game is very easy I beat it I beat the entire game in about 90 minutes oh wow it's very short there's like four levels and then like a sort of fifth epilogue kind of level in the enhanced edition which is the version that I got the game was really easy. The controls aren't great. The first level, you're in, like, a house and you're crawling through it. You can open doors and, like, pull out drawers in the kitchen and stuff like that. And those controls are a little janky. They're just not mechanically. They don't work well. But they work well enough that you can, like, make it work to, like, pull drawers out to make a staircase. You can climb onto the counter so that you can grab a handle or whatever.
0: Classic baby stuff.
1: Yeah, classic baby (laughs) stuff. And, like, they do a couple neat things where, like, you're because you're a baby. Like your crawl speed is faster than your walk speed, which <laughs> is funny. Um, and you have a run button, but if you use it too long, you fall over. And your creepy teddy bear thing—you can use him as a flashlight. So you like take him off your back and you hug him, and he like lights up a short area in front of you for like places that are pitch black or whatever. I'm just
2: thinking right now, missed opportunity. They should have made it like Quap controls walking as a baby make it extremely fucking hard to walk as a baby that would have been a
1: great mechanic to put into that game. that would have been hilarious <laughs> I, I don't know that i would recommend it it's 17 dollars on epic right now pretty steep for a game that is really really short but they nailed the horror effect the creepy horror factor in it the atmosphere was great so i'm glad i played it can't really recommend it if it goes for free again on epic pick it up and and play it for you know two hours or whatever
0: five bucks for a horror fan
1: sure look for the halloween sale
2: uh i feel this could be easily ported over to vr and it would be terrible i think
1: this game would be incredible in vr i think it would be worth twenty dollars in vr for sure uh any anything else any other games
0: So, I also play Paradise Killer. This is one of the games that I play on Sunday, every Sunday evening. I play like a visual novel type game. So, it's kind of like an Ace Attorney or Danganronpa. It's like anime and you are solving a murder mystery. But unlike those games where they're sort of broken up into individual cases, Paradise Killer is one big case where a bunch of people got murdered and you're called in to solve the whole thing and there's like a ton of clues and elements and people involved what's interesting is the game doesn't tell you when it's over they just sort of set you loose and they're like go talk to people and go find clues and whenever you think you've solved the mystery come back and we'll start the trial if you like the ace attorney games the danganronpa games but you felt like they really needed just this completely bonker story about an immortal group of people who make pocket dimensions to facilitate human sacrifice for the resurrection of dead elder gods
2: what the fuck because that's usually what i'm thinking when i'm playing one of those games right exactly You're like <laughs> god if only i had like a council
1: of
0: immortals that were trying to resurrect you know lovecraftian horror gods
1: what the actual fuck are you talking about right now <laughs> the actual story of paradise killer <laughs>
0: There's also a uh, recurring character who is a demon and he has uh, penises growing out of his elbows.
1: So if you're not watching our Twitch stream on Sundays, you're fucking missing out.
0: (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's a very interesting game. The soundtrack is phenomenal. And you can actually, one of the collectibles in the game is you can find more, more tracks.
2: What type of music is it? Like 80s synthwave? Or... Yeah,
0: yeah. I would say definitely that, that vibe. I will give the game a lot of credit for one big, super, super complicated mystery. Every time you find a clue, if somebody tells you where they were or if somebody tells you that they think someone else has this motive, it organizes every clue that you find automatically into the heading of where it's relevant. So it's like, You don't have to remember all the complicated elements of this big, crazy mystery.
1: Game seems like it would be impossible to do if you, if it didn't do that. Yes.
0: Long story short, I very much enjoyed Paradise Killer. It was a big difference from those sort of games where you're just looking at a flat panel screen and you just click which questions you want to ask or what piece of evidence. Like, actually exploring around a 3d world and finding people and finding the discarded evidence underneath the bridge where the guy was killed. It's like, that's cool. It's fun.
2: It's currently $20 worth it. If you like
0: those kind of games. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. It's really good. The actual final like trial and unveiling all of the mysteries was so satisfying. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for us here at hidden doors and high scores. Next time, we are going to be talking about Risk of Rain 2 and uh, the new DLC for it called Survivors of the Void. Until next time, I'm Austin.
1: I'm Garrett. And I'm Chris. You can find us at HDHS Gaming on all the social media platforms. Make sure to follow us on Twitter for notifications about our episode releases. And check us out on Twitch to see what we're going to be playing and talking about. All those links and a link to our Discord will be in the show notes for this episode. Come and join us on Discord. Did you play Red Dead Redemption 2 and hate it as much as Austin did? No,
2: nobody hates (laughs) it as much as I did.
0: Everybody likes that game. I know.
1: Um, We hang out and play games there pretty much every night, and we like it when people join it. Keep dipping those (laughs) babs. Bye.
2: Bye.